you're listening to iFanboy Talksplode with Chris Somney. And this episode is brought to you by Comedy Central's Ugly Americans. there, folks. Christopher Naisman here. This is iFanboy Talksplode, where iFanboy.com gets to talk to some of the best and brightest in the comics industry. And, well, we certainly are doing that for this episode. Uh, we're talking with Mr. Chris Somney. And if you are not familiar with Chris's work, well, you certainly should be. Uh, since his uh, uh, big league debut on uh, Oni's Capote in Kansas, Chris has made it known that he is one of the rising stars in comics. You can uh, you can see that even more in uh, the recently released Vertigo crime uh, graphic novel Area Ten. Uh, he's worked on uh, series like The Mighty and The Exterminators uh, and Siege Embedded. Well, he is now the regular artist on Marvel's new Thor series, Thor: The Mighty Avenger. I fanboys Josh Flanagan and I uh, were able to have a nice conversation with Chris, and uh, let's jump right in and uh, and join the conversation. We're uh, we're congratulating him on his recent uh, move with his wife to Comic Creator Hub, Portland, Oregon. Yep, definitely plenty of folks out here. I I haven't really had a chance to to see much of them. I've just been keeping my nose to the grindstone. But but yeah, I mean I can. I can feel them around me. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you. You know, you, you you've kind of you're you're kind of infamous now for for a couple things. Uh, one is your coffee consumption. So how does the uh, how does the coffee out in Portland stack up? Oh my God, Stumptown is so awesome. <laughs> Stumptown coffee. If you have never had it, oh my God, you have to drink it. Good bean, Fantastic. huh? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I want them to sponsor me. I, I want to put like. A Stumptown logo on a jean jacket or something that wear around town. <laughs> nice. And what well, you you mentioned uh, you mentioned that you've been uh, having your nose to the grindstone. So I was uh, I was going to see if uh, if you'd actually gotten out to play with any of the three dimensional people yet. But it sounds like uh, you, uh, you you kind of <laughs> hit the ground running. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it was hard to try and work while we were driving cross country while we were getting ready for the move. So I lost a little, a little bit of time. You know, I was still working in hotel rooms at night, but. And that's not exactly the the most productive place to get work done. So I mean, we got in here, and you know, the first day that we were in the house, we uh, we set up a my table, and and I got right back to work. So uh, you know, I've been trying to catch up. I made it out to uh, David Holland's house, met a bunch of the guys from uh, Periscope Studios, and uh, Jeff Parker doesn't live too far away from me, so we see him every couple of days. But yeah, you know, we really hadn't had a chance to to get out and see much much of the real world. Um, We've been here for two weeks now, and I still haven't been in a car except for you know, <laughs> driving a couple of blocks away. But that's, that's terrible. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I'll be caught up soon. Now, to follow you on Twitter, I mean, literally, you have a, you have a reputation among other people of a guy who is just working constantly. Is that like, is it a busy season now, or is it just that you are trying to kill yourself? <laughs> well, I'm not trying to kill myself. I, I have a hard time saying no. Um, and I've had a lot of really great projects come, you know, that have been offered to me just in the past, you know, six months or so. And, you know, the stuff that you've always wanted to do, you don't want to say no because you don't know when it'll come back around. 
And, you know, I got a chance to work on a Serenity book with uh, Josh and Zach Weezy and Scott Alley, and I was just like, well, you can't say no to that. And I, I didn't have the time to do it, but, you know, I, I, I just decided to sleep less, drink more coffee, and just do it. You're, you're young, you're strong, you can do that. I feel like this has aged me about 10 years. But, uh, but yeah, my, the Serenity book is done. I just saw the final colors for it today. I, it looks awesome. It's by Dave Stewart's doing the colors, and there's a reason he wins all those awards. He is amazing. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it was an exhausting period, you know, working on that and my Thor book and all the other stuff that's been, you know, across my desk here in the past few months, but. And just getting to see those colors, it's, it's totally worth it. Nice. Well, you mentioned Thor, and that's uh, that, that's the big the big book this week coming out is the Mighty Thor. And uh, you know, go ahead and tell us a little bit about how uh, um, how you came to work on Thor. And, and I mean, is that is that a character that that you've always wanted to work on, or or it, it seems like an interesting an interesting uh, marriage uh, that, uh, you know, I, if you had, if you told me a couple years ago that, yeah, Chris will be working on Thor, I'd be like, really? But then I saw the preview pages in it, and it just, it kind of looks like you're made to work on that book. <laughs> well, I really do like drawing lightning, so it's kind of, okay. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, if you would have told me that I was drawing Thor, I would have been like, no, that's not going to happen. I mean, I've always liked the character, but I never really thought that my sensibilities would fit with it. But, you know, I got to give credit to Nate Cosby for, you know, thinking that I would be right for this book. Um, you know, I, I'm maybe not perfectly suited for the 616 floor. You know, I've, I've tried to draw, you know, I've drawn him in uh, Siege Embedded, you know, in a couple of little spots here or there. And he's just too big. I, my my Thor is a little more live, you know. It doesn't really fit in with the current incarnation of him. Um, I just feel like, you know, he's a god. He doesn't have to look like a bodybuilder. I think that's a, a good a good place to you know kind of explain people that what the mighty Thor is and and how if you've never read Thor before this is probably going to be a great place to jump in because you you don't have you know a lot of the you know Marvel universe continuity to have to worry about. Yeah, well, we're trying to make it something a lot easier for people to just you know if they see you know the trailer for the movie or if they you know end up going to see the movie next year and dig it then they'll have something that's you know, not tied into a hundred different books with 60 years of history. You know, they can just grab it off the shelf and, and kind of run with it. Um, and, you know, I've been having a blast on it. So, I mean, just as, you know, I'm, granted I'm, I am drawing it, but I've been having a fun time just reading the script, you know. As somebody who, who knows all the mythology, uh, I, I think it works for, you know, people who are into it and, and people who might be new to comics or new to Thor. Yeah, you know, I think it works in, in uh, both realms. Um, I'm curious because, you know, I've, I've talked to you about this before, and, and a lot of the work that you've done in the past has been fairly, you know, like street-level stuff, normal people, not not necessarily uh, terribly magical and stuff like Thor. Do you th have you found that when working on this book, and I guess a lot of the other, you're doing a lot of stuff, have you have you surprised yourself with sort of the, the range of, of settings and styles, I guess, that, that you've had to do and, and how they've been coming out, or you, you feel like you're learning more? Um, well, I'm definitely learning more. Um, mm -hmm. But, I mean, you know, you, 
in comics, it's not like, you know, you can have, you know, one genre. I mean, there's so many genres just that are already in one title. I mean, you know, Thor yeah. is, is mythology and superheroes and, you know, it's science fiction. I mean, almost every comic has, like, all those different things in it. So, I mean, there's, depending on one, what book I'm working on, there's just a bit more of, you know, one flavor than another. So, it's, you know, it's a different mindset with each book, but, you know, it's, it's not terribly difficult. I mean, that's just what we're kind of made for, you know, yeah. drawing comics. I, I mean, I guess I just sort of mean it's like, I'm glad that you're not getting pigeonholed. I suppose it's like this was the guy who did Queen and Country, so that's the kind of stuff he does, and I think it's really cool to see the other those other kind of things happening. And if you know, if you're one of us who follow like the sketches that you put up, I you know we know that you can do all sorts of things. But I guess it's yeah, that that really editors are seeing other stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm, I've been offered really great things and a real you know awesome variety of things. So I, I was worried there for a while after Capone and Queen and Country. That I would be the guy who draws people, you know, with fedoras and suits. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and that, that, it easily could have gone that way, and I would be fine with that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, my the, the stuff that I have the most fun reading is like, you know, Silver Age kookiness, you know, with big monsters and robots and you know all kinds of you know crazy tropes that you know we've become accustomed to over you know all these years of comics and that. You know, the more pulpy stuff is where I lean towards. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was worried there for a little bit, but I mean, I'm really seem to have lucked out and just gotten each, each book I do is, you know, almost the polar opposite of the book that I did previous. So, yeah, it, there's a wide range and, and, but I mean, I'm, I, I couldn't, I couldn't wish for a better project to come across my desk, so. I'm I'm curious because uh, I mean there's been a lot of work coming out of you uh, recently, and I'm, I'm curious was there like a point that you consider to be sort of the breakthrough project for you, the thing that that really got you uh, a lot more work at like Marvel and stuff like that, or was there um, like a point when it turned? You know, I I've just been working so hard. I don't know when the the turning point may have been. Maybe sometime during CJ Bettis or sometime <laughs> previous. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I've had offers, you know, from other companies while I've been doing other books. So, um, well, I feel like I've had a career going since, you know, 2005, 2006 when Cambodian Kansas came out. You know, and that felt like, you know, like, oh, I've made it. You know, like, I'm actually drawing comic books, you know, full time. And, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, a big deal mainstream event thing or just, you know, a fill-in here or there, it's still comics. You know, I never really thought about, like, you know, is this a big project? Am I am I there yet? You know, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> now you're there. It's like, now, I'm trying to, now I'm trying to place it. Well, you know, kind of back to um, talking about the, the possible pigeonholing uh, of style, um, Area 10 just came out uh, a, a few months ago uh, from Vertigo. It's part of the, the Vertigo crime line. It's written by Christos Gage. And that was kind of a return for you in style to what you did on Capote in Kansas. But, I mean, you had actually you had actually finished that book art-wise quite a while ago. Um, is, it, is it maybe a blessing in disguise that there was a lot of time in between Capote and Area 10 coming out so, so people didn't look at that 
specific style and say you know or or you know once again fedoras and and and, and that kind of that kind of sensibility um you think it was a blessing in disguise that, that there was a lot of time between that well i mean laura sent me links to like reviews and stuff where uh the reviewer will be like you know it's nice to see family return to the way he used to draw and it's like well <laughs> not really return that's just it was actually drawn that time ago um you know like it's good and bad. I mean, I'm glad to see it finally out and in hand. There's definitely stuff that I would change, you know, mm-hmm. if I had a chance to do it now. But, I mean, you know, it's like a, a moment in time, you know. It's, it was done several years ago, and it's finally out. I mean, I'm I'm still proud of the work, but, yeah, I mean, it is sort of a blessing in the I suppose that, you know, it wasn't, you know, Voting in Kansas, cleaning country, and then Area 10. I mean, that was pretty much the order that I drew them in. So, yeah, I think if, if I did Area 10 and that came out before all of my superhero stuff, I could have easily have just been like the noir guy. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad, it's, I'm glad to see it doing well. Um, mm-hmm. I guess there's going to be a talk over of it out now. Oh, great. Uh, great. Definitely, yeah. folks, pick that up because it's uh, that Anne Capote. You know, I do, I do love that old that old Chris Somney art. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much a fan <laughs> of your uh, of your black and white white work, and you know, I think that I think that you approach uh, your color work uh, differently. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's the same it's the same line there, um, but I mean, your 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 color work is is quite a bit different than your black and white. How do you how do you go about? You know, it's like whenever you sit down to do Mighty Thor, I mean. Do you get into a completely different artistic frame of mind whenever you know that you're working uh, on a color project? Well, it, it's really become lately just the mood of whatever I'm drawing. You know, it's not something that I have to get myself in a different frame of mind. It's just there's automatically a different headspace with the mood of the story. You know, like um, like Area 10 was, you know, a great top drama, you know, creepy crime thing. And, you know, it it came, like, the art, you know, sort of had to be dark and gritty to sort of go with the, you know, the reader's frame of mind as they're reading it. And the Thor stuff is, is a little more simple story. Like, it's, it's all laid out very, um, not kid-friendly. It's very, I don't know how to put it. It just it feels a whole lot more like Silver Age comics to me. Okay. You know, like... You know, with a hero who's, who's smiling and, and, and having a good time punching somebody in the face. You know, you don't draw that sort of stuff the same as you would draw, like, Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen. Or, or a serial killer, you know, that's, like, drilling people's foreheads out with a with a drill. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's the mood that I'm in when I start work on it, I think, is really sort of informing how I, I'm drawing. Um, it really, I, you know, I don't feel like the stuff that I use that's in color is that much different than anything that I do uh, that would be a black and white book. It's just sort of, you know, informed by how I'm feeling while I'm doing it. You know, it's it at the pencil stage. Does it all kind of look the same? Is is it really whenever it goes to inks that, that it looks dramatically different? It's all the pencils look almost exactly the same from book to book. It's just, it's a hot mess. (laughs) But, uh, my my pencils not, are not anything to uh, to show around, but yeah, but yeah, I, I think the ink is where it starts to make a difference because most of my pencils I don't I don't spot black or anything. That's all that's all left for the ink state. 
and that's where you get mood across the most. This episode of iFanboy is sponsored by Comedy Central's Ugly Americans. For those of you attending the San Diego Comic-Con, do not miss the Ugly Americans panel. It's Friday, July 23rd from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. in room 25 ABC. The panel will feature Randy Perlstein, the voice of Leonard, Matt Oberg, the voice of Mark Lilly, Kurt Metzger, the voice of Randall Skeffington, as well as executive producers David M. Stern and Dan Powell, series creator Devin Clark, and more. You'll get to catch a sneak peek of the upcoming season, and one audience member will be selected and drawn into an upcoming episode. Don't miss the San Diego Comic-Con panel, and make sure to follow Ugly Americans at facebook.com forward slash Ugly Americans and twitter.com forward slash Ugly Americans and check out the Ugly Americans Field Guide comic book at ifanboy.com Listen for more from Ugly Americans and iFanboy as we get closer to San Diego. When you're talking about uh, the world of Thor and Asgard, and and by the way, I believe it's pronounced Asgard, not Asgard, but people disagree. <laughs> Someone's been listening and, to eleven o'clock. <laughs> uh, when, when you look at that, like it is such a visually rich atmosphere. Like when I think of, uh, you know, instead of just dudes standing around in hallways, it's such a such a a different feeling when you think of like the, the spires of Asgard. Um, how much fun is it to just be able to go wild with that that stuff in the background, that that Kirby influence stuff, and, and all that? Oh, it's awesome! I mean, I had a great time drawing Asgard. I, I do pronounce it Asgard, not Asgard. There's only one. <laughs> Good. Um, but <laughs> I had a great time doing it um, when I was drawing Siege Embedded. You know, there was the last few issues were you know around Asgard, and the last issue was in it, and some of the buildings and stuff were coming down. And uh, it, it's great just getting to draw that architecture, but it's not really influenced too much by the real world since it's, you know, it's ancient stuff in the future or something. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's ancient architecture, you know, several thousand years past being ancient, like it's been built upon until current time. Um, so it's really cool to just be able to sort of play with all different types of of architecture styles and build upon it. Um, and then for the stuff that I'll be doing in, uh, in Thor the Mighty Avenger, is going to be a lot more, there's going to be plenty of that, but it's also a lot more crazy Kirby tech. You know, it's not, it's not especially, you know, I think a lot of the current Marvel stuff is sort of looking, I don't know, a little more Lord of the Rings and a lot less, you know, science fiction. And I really want Asgard to be sci-fi, you know. You want to you want to you want to put some Kirby crackle in it. Oh yeah, there's there's gonna be plenty of Kirby crackle. <laughs> have uh, you have you gotten to draw the the Midgard serpent yet? No, not yet. But finally, uh, I'm only into issue four. So. Oh. so out of out of all those those god characters, do you, do you have a favorite? I'm, I'm guessing you've got an affinity for Volstag, but maybe if you're a Fandral man, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, I've been drawing all, all, all the Warriors 3 today. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Volstagg. I mean, I was just so surprised by how much fun it was to, was to draw on Embedded that 
he's really become like one of my favorite characters now. I I uh, created Tom Fowler a painting of Small Dad for a drawing of uh, Kilowog that I did for him, and uh, like I just get little drawings of Volstag from folks now just because I heart Volstag. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> he's probably my my top as guardian at the moment. Um, I even had Kate Cook draw a little tiny uh, Volstag for me. It was awesome. <laughs> it's interesting because in 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 embedded, you know, Volstag was played. There was drama, but he was played for laughs a lot. So you really got to sort of shake that comedy, you know, tree a little bit more. And and he's so. I mean, he's huge and fat, and and there was these really fun, quiet moments. Was um, was a lot of that, I guess, in the script? Or we? I mean, was was it fun to do like a comedy thing? I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of it was in the script. I mean, it was just up to me to put the expression on his face and the, the acting and stuff. But. Um, yeah, it was great to be able to scratch, you know, an itch of, you know, I'm, everybody should like comedy. It's just, it's not the easiest thing to draw. You know, you have to work a little harder to make comedy work in a comic. Um, but yeah, it was great to be able to, to do a little bit of cartooning in comics. Because, I mean, a lot of a lot of what was in bed was heavy stuff, you know. To be, to be able yeah. to bring a little bit of levity was, was fun. You know, it was really fun. I mean, and I don't mean to, to discount the series, but those are the things that I remember about that series is the three of them in a van. That's ridiculous. I would have watched the Volstagg road trip. I would have read uh, a 12-issue series of that. That would have been fine. I don't have to have a fight. <laughs> well, over, if we could have had a keep on going, I would have been all for it. Like, no, no, we need Volstagg, you know, fighting everybody in the in the... Marvel U, and you know he needs to have the double glider for like five more issues. Um, <laughs> I totally would have done it. This is too much fun. Very cool. Well, hey, you had uh, you had mentioned Tom Fowler a couple minutes ago, and uh, and you and Tom are uh, are comic twarters. And uh, anyone who has uh, who has not uh, found uh, is it comictwart.blogspot.com? Is that the address? Oh, we actually have just a regular dot com now. It's oh, comicsport.com. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for uh, for the folks out there who aren't aware of of Comic Twart, and if you're on Twitter, you you that it's nearly impossible to not be aware of it. But for folks that aren't aware of it, let them know uh, what Comic Twart is. Um, comic Twart is sort of a collective of sixteen comic artists. Um, some are just starting out. Some are old pros, but. Um, we're all sort of friends on Twitter, and we kind of started uh, drawing sort of the same sort of stuff on Twitter, and we're all like, well, let's, let's put together a blog where, you know, we pick a topic each week, and we all draw the same thing. So that's that's what we've been doing now. So, gosh, it seems like we've been doing it forever already. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's going on a year, I think. I mean, it's... it's... It I, don't I don't know. I, I can't keep track. Okay. Yeah, us, we all, you know, alphabetically through the last name of the of each creator, we go alphabetically and pick uh, just whatever random character you want to see everybody else draw, and uh, we post it each week, and we all pick a character, and yeah, and it's awesome. There's a, um, it's always it's always a it's a neat surprise to see how different characters are interpreted by some other. Other creators who I already looked up to. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. Who, what are what are some of the characters that, uh, that have been some of your favorites to to draw over the last you know, however long you guys have been doing it? Oh, well, it's weird that you know the simpler it is, the more fun I have. I had a really good time drawing Asterix and Obelix uh, last week, and before that it was Pentair. Those those are I think obviously they're they're the most recent, but those are. It was also my return. I had to take a couple of weeks off from Comic Con. I didn't have the time to do any sketches. So uh, it was also my triumphant return. So it was good to, to jump back into the swing of things. Uh, but yeah, well, as, a, as a person who has to uh, compile a weekly uh, thing of sketches from the internet, I just really appreciate the work. I can just tell you that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to just reframe everything you guys do there. Yeah, and I'm like, I can only use one or two of these this week. Uh, you know, it's interesting to look at that, and, and I think that when, when, you know, probably even when you started, the sort of way that artists and comic creators communicate with each other and form the community was radically different. And so now you've got Twitter and, and, and other stuff where, and, and the site where you can sort of meet other guys through doing art over the Internet. And I'm just I'm curious, how, does, does it feel like things have changed a lot from even when you started, you know, just, just you know, five, six years ago? Uh, in that sort of social aspect. Absolutely. I mean, when I when I first started out, you know, I I made the trek out to San Diego in 2000. You know, I didn't have the internet or anything. But the only way I could meet comic creators was face to face. Or you could, you know, try and track down somebody's snail mail address and send them samples, or you know, try and you know trade zines. And I mean, they're just the things are so different now that I mean. If there's an artist you like, you can shoot them an email or leave a comment on their blog or, you know, or you can talk to them on Twitter. I mean, if, if my, the me from eight years ago knew that I would be, like, you know, sending messages back and forth with Brian Hitch on Twitter, my head would explode. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, the world is so different now for creators and fans. It's, it's just amazing the, how far we've come. Well, and, and I imagine, I imagine there are real world sort of effects from that. I mean, I imagine there's guys who are on Twart who who maybe gotten work, you know, that they wouldn't have because of you know everybody knew each other, things like that. I, I just I feel like it's a, it's a really interesting way uh, for for people to get their names out there and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I I have editors who, you know, it said that they they frequent a blog or or see other people's art through it, and I think that's, that's great, you know, I, I'm really excited that it's getting some folks more exposure, and, you know, and it's good for all of us, I mean, just having more art out there, I mean, there's lots of folks who subscribe to the Twar blogs who don't follow any of us, you know, as, you know, each of our blogs, they just follow the collective blog, I mean, that's, that's cool too, you know, I mean, it's, you know, the more the merrier. Um, <laughs> Have you seen uh, Have you seen an impact at, at I mean, I imagine con- the convention experience has changed for you a lot over even just the last year. Uh, it's it sort of done more Marvel high-profile high gigs and sort of, you know, your web presence is, is fairly huge with all the sketches and stuff like that. Are you noticing that at con- conventions? Um, well, I mean, my sketch list fill up faster, you know, at the, at the beginning of each show. Um, but, I mean, you know, I've always had... You know, really nice people come by my table. I don't really think anything of, you know, whether there's a whole lot more or less. I don't, 
it's just it's hard to it's hard to gauge since I don't really get out from behind my table at a show to begin with. Um, but it's uh, it is really cool to you know to see all these people in person that you know through the internet. Like mm-hmm. there's probably only two or three people that I've ever seen in person that are on the Twitter blog before you know, before we got it started. And granted, there's you know only about six now that I've seen in person, but you know, all these people feel like, I mean, they don't feel like, they are my friends now. And mm-hmm. it's so weird to, to be, it's, it's like we're all pin pals, you know, but, uh, but have we just never met in person? We, just, we all just, we do what, you know, we all do the same thing every day. We're all stuck at a desk and, you know, we all have that in common and it builds in like an instant camaraderie. I feel like ultimately that's got to be really good for the work. I just, I just feel like I, I see all the guys sort of pumping each other up and, and pushing each other to do work and things like that. And I, I really feel like the, like the more excited people are about doing comics, the better the comics are going to be. And so that's one of the things I think is really neat about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's really strange, too, to consider, like, you know, most people out in the real world, <laughs> um, you know, if they're all competing for the, the same job, it, it, it's, you know, they're all trying to climb the ladder, and they'll, you know, it's a cutthroat out there. But all of the people who make comics, we all just love comics. And, I mean, we're all basically competing for the same work because there's only so many comic gigs to, to go around. But we all are fans of each other's work, so it's like we're all just trying to prop each other up. And whether you lose a job or somebody else that you know takes your spot, right, everybody's just like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing your work on this. You know, it's, just, it's really neat that, you know, there's nothing cutthroat about comics at all. I mean, we're all just, we're all into it because we love it. Well, you, you talked a few minutes ago about back in 2000, um, what, what it was like to, to get in touch with uh, with artists as you were coming up and, and getting into the industry and how it's much easier to do that now. Um now that you have a decade in, in in the industry working, are are you finding that that young artists who are you know just coming out of out of high school and college are approaching you asking you for for industry advice now? Um, you know, there's there's been a few people here or there who ask my advice in passing, but I don't really think that you know I don't feel like I'm anybody to give advice. You know, I've I've only I've been in comics for half my life now, um, but I still don't feel like, you know, I'm an authority on anything. So, I mean, if somebody asks me, you know, anything about productivity or, you know, how, you know, I demand to sit at my desk for 20 hours a day or how to turn out more pages, I can tell them that. But, I mean, really, I don't feel like I have that much advice to to share. But, I mean, I'll happily say something if anybody asks. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's not something that, that comes up very often. Uh, one of the things uh, about you that's always intrigued me is that um, you know you talk to um, a, a lot of artists that are you know a, a, about the same age, and, and their influences are you know John Byrne and Neil Adams, and you know even you know like uh, John Romita Jr. You know the, the the guys that were pretty prolific whenever we were growing up. But uh, a lot of your influences go back much farther than that. You know, as as you kind of look at, at the artists that have inspired inspired you and that you've really learned from and developed your your style as it is now. You know, who are some of those guys that, that influenced you? Uh well Laura Lexington Laura's my wife, for anybody who doesn't know already, I mentioned her in passing. Um <laughs> yeah. 
I, uh, Laura said that I'm like the youngest, uh, 80 year old man. Um, <laughs> my taste skew old. I, yeah. I don't know why that's always been sort of that way, but I like old movies. I like old comics. I'm, I read lots of old newspaper strips and old, like the, the collections that IDW has been doing lately are really great. But I like, you know, Alex Raymond, Milk Kahnef, Alex Coase, um, you know, Guys like that. I mean, it's not exactly. I don't know if that's cool or not cool. Oh, it's very, it's, it's very cool. Not current. Yeah, I mean, there's not it's many. Cool yeah. if you're if you're not doing it to be cool, it's cool. Yes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so if but you yeah. are trying to be cool, then you're not cool. I think I'm not. Cool. Oh, I, I never understood that. those rules anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I was always. Sure. I'm pretty sure I was not cool for most of my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, my my taste you very silver age for the most part um but i'm also into the old strips and stuff so a lot of that sort of comes through in in my funny books as i draw them yeah not 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 that many people in their late 20s early 30s who are big milton kniff fans and uh oh my god milton kniff is so awesome people are just they're so missing out oh i mean i mean i could stare at milton kniff and toes and no sickles you know, I could stare at that stuff for days and never get sick of it. Yeah, and you can tell, and you can tell in your art that that there's a lot of that there. And I've, I just always have uh, have thought that was pretty that was pretty cool. So it is cool. We had mentioned uh, we had mentioned Capote in Kansas, and it's one that I always like to remind people about because uh, one of the one of the best folks in the industry, uh, Mr. Andy Parks, uh, wrote that, and you uh, you did uh, the art on it. Uh, is Capote is it still in print to this day? I believe it's still in print. I, I don't think it should be too hard to track one down. So anyone that uh, is uh, is interested in the uh, the story of um, In Cold Blood by by Truman Capote, uh, check it out because it is a a, a great kind of true fiction ish uh, graphic novel. I was uh, been a, a fan of your work since that came out, Chris. Well, thanks, man. No, it was uh, that was where I feel like you know I finally started to get making comics. You know, it was, it was with Capote in Kansas where I first started inking and where I feel like I finally started to get a groove on storytelling. And, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely still one of the best things that I've ever done. You know, I'm still really proud of it. So if, it, if anybody picks it up, you know, I'd appreciate it. And ever, anybody who buys it gets a, a free sketch of Truman Capote inside the public. There you go. Uh, be, be bring it to show. Don't, don't mail it to me. Just bring it to a show, and, and I'll be <laughs> glad to do a sketch in it. Uh, because everybody likes a good origin story, and I don't know if I've ever heard yours. How did How did Truman? I thought you were going to ask Truman Capote. Like, well, no, I, yeah, well, well, could, could you just tell me everything that you know about Truman Capote, real quick? It's more like a quiz. Uh, no, I'm, I'm curious how that came up about because if you you know you said you just said like it was the first time you'd ink, you were learning to do storytelling. So how did you uh, how did you set that up? How did you hook up with Andy Parks and Oni? Um, well, I've been taking my samples around to a bunch of shows. I mean, I've been taking them around since I was like 12 years old, um, just always begging for work. And uh, I met Brian Hurt at a local show, um, in St. Louis, and. Uh, he introduced me to the folks at Oni Press, and I showed them, like, my Fantastic Four samples that I had worked up way back when. And, you know, they held on to a packet, and uh, I think they showed my stuff to Andy. I forget how it all took down. It's been a while. I forget how it all sort of 
rattled out. But somehow or other, Andy got a hold of my pages. Uh, I did. I ended up doing sample pages for Clothing in Kansas, the first six pages of, of the book. And uh, I turned those into Oni. And uh, I think uh, James Jones, James Lucas Jones at Oni, sent him along to Andy and was like, I don't know, what do you think of this guy? Do you think he's right for it? And Andy, was, Andy said, oh, yeah, he's the, he's the guy. Um, you, and could draw, you could draw a good hat. Are, if you could draw a good hat, then you were good <laughs> enough for Andy. I don't know if there were hats in the first six pages. But, yeah, the, the first six pages of the book were my sample pages. Uh, there was, oh, wow. you know, there's a few tweaks before it went to print, but that was my that was wow. my test for the book. Wow! And uh, yeah, the, that's what what got me the job. So, you know, they liked those first six pages, and you know, I got the rest of the script and got to work. You know, and that was we were off and rolling. Nice. And I have a feeling that Andy was probably a pretty good pretty good person for for your first big job to uh, to work with. Yeah, it was nerve wracking. You know, at first. <laughs> When I found out that, you know, he didn't have such a great anchor as my writer, so already I was nervous to be working on my first, like, real big professional job, but also to be, I was going to be inking my own book, and it was the first time I've ever done any inking, so I felt like all of my mistakes were going to be on display, and he knew, he would know everything <laughs> that I was, like, taking, or, or, so I, it just made me work twice as hard. You know, and I was still working a day job. I was working at Borders during the day, and I was drawing Capote at night. So, you know, I had to work triple hard. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like, work all day, come home, try and, you know, draw comics till you know, sunrises, and go back to work the next day. Um, but, you know, I I think it worked out all right. You know, Andy was really supportive, though, through the whole process. I mean, you know, he, he gave me pointers where, you know, things came up, but, I mean, really, you know, we just sort of went to it. I mean, we, we really just clicked, you know. The storytelling just made sense. You know, his pacing is so well done on the page that I really, I didn't, I feel like I didn't, I didn't have to, you know, twist or try and fix or make anything work. I mean, he's been doing this for, you know, a lifetime. Yeah. And uh, he just, he just gets it, you know, and that made my job so much easier, especially with something that was already, you know, it's a subject matter that was close to his heart, which made I think made him that much, you know, made it all that much more important to him to get it right. And by the time I started working on the stage, and so much of that work is already done that you know, I just had to sit down and draw it. As 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 we wrap, wrap things up here, uh, I know that there's there's plenty of stuff from Chris Somney that is coming out. Uh, the second volume for the for the Mighty is it slated to come out in in trade here pretty soon? Yeah, I think, oh gosh, I think it's coming out this month, or maybe next month. Okay. I, don't know, I can't, God, it, was, it was in previews a couple of months ago, so it should be soon. Should be soon, because that, I think that was a really, really good, but uh, but overlooked by by way too many people uh, series. I know, Josh, you were a fan of The Mighty, right? I, I remember hearing, I, hearing you talk about that on the Pick of the Week show quite a bit. I loved the crap out of that book. Yeah. I, I loved the crap out of that book at first when Peter Spayberg was on it, and then I loved it more when when you were on it. And I'm not I'm not kissing like we talked about it whenever because it's it's one of those books that I really liked to recommend to people because it was just like here's a story you can just read. There's nothing attached to it. We get so many questions all the time of well, 
how do I start reading this? And she's like, just read the thing. It's just a single story. It's, it's you know, but it's meaty and, it, and it's fun and it's moody. And you didn't really know what was going to happen. So that's a good one. Yeah, I feel like it, it was really sort of under the radar. You know, like it didn't get a lot of press. You know, we didn't, you know, we didn't get a chance to do a ton of interviews for it. You know, I don't, something is DC, but I don't really feel like it got promoted very much. Um, so it's, I'm still really proud of it. I think it was, you know, it turned out really well. I mean, it was a great story by uh, Tomasi and T. Champagne, and you know, to be able to follow one of my heroes, Peter Saber, was amazing. Um, and uh, you know, the work I did on it, I thought was was really some of the best stuff that I had done in a really long time. So, um, yeah, I, I would totally say for folks to pick it up. I mean, I started with issue six. Mm-hmm. You know, I started on issue six, and I wrapped up the series at twelve. Uh, is that right? That's oh, right. Crap. I think mm-hmm. it was. I think it's six or twelve. I believe so. So yeah, you'll be the you'll be the whole uh, second trade on that. So I've got the first trade around yeah. here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So I did two, like two, like an issue or two in the first trade. It was, it was, I don't. Know, I can't remember. Anyway, great time on it. it was, I think it turned out pretty well. Which is saying something. I'm my own worst critic. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you you mentioned the uh, the Serenity um, story, which that'll when, when will that be hitting stands? That'll be out in November. Um, it's Serenity, the Shepherd's Tale. Um, the outline is by Josh, and uh, all the dialogue and everything was written by Zach Whedon and uh, colored by Dave Stewart. And it is forty eight pages. I think it's hardcover. Oh, cool. and it'll be out in November. Oh, wow. And I also, I'm also doing uh, a 11 page story, and I'm an Avenger number one. Um, it's written by Jim McCann. It's going to be with the the Young Avengers. So I'm working on that right now, as well as uh, Thor: The Mighty Avenger, which is monthly. The first one is out uh, this Thursday, and I'm on number four right now. So it will not be late ever. Nice. Always, always. Are you, are you going to get to take a vacation ever? Because <laughs> um, I want, I want you to. No, I want to. I was, <laughs> okay, uh, good. Laura and I were, we're saying we're, we're probably going to do like Hawaii or something pretty soon. Um, if you're going to get done with I Am an Avenger, that'll be in a couple of weeks I'll be done with that. And then I'll just be on tour uh, for the foreseeable future. Nice, and, because, um, because we worry yeah. about you, Chris. We, we, we worry. Catch up a little bit. I just want you to take care of yourself. Yeah, the internet worries about you. <laughs> you, you guys, you're too sweet. No, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of folks have, have asked if I'm okay, like if I overwork myself, and you know, I, I am overworking myself for the time being. But you know, might as well do it while I can. You know, and you know, as soon as I get done with, I'm an Avenger. Then it's just down to one book, and I mean, I know that sounds like, well, it, it's still a lot of work. It's, you know, I'm still doing a monthly book, but when you're doing like two or three projects or four or five projects at a time, you get down to one. It's like a damn vacation. You and um, you and Mike Norton, I swear, it's like, how you doing, Mike? Oh, it's so good. I'm only working on one book right now. It's yeah, you guys, you guys, you guys amaze me. All right, well, well, Mr. Chris Somney, uh, for people to uh, we 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 covered all the books that you have coming out, but uh, uh, I know that we mentioned Comic Twart. Where else can folks find you online? Uh, well, besides Comic Twart, I have my regular blog, which is just chrissomney.com. 
C-H-R-I-F-F-A-N-N-E-E.com. Um, I also have a DeviantArt. Um, I have no idea how to, what my DeviantArt name is, of course, now that I say it. Um, but, I mean, just search DeviantArt for some name, and be the first one that comes up. Um, and also, I, my wife does a blog where she collects all the notes that I do for her lunch each week. And that's called Lunch Notes. It's uh, L-U-N-C-H-N-O-T-E-S. It's all one word, dot blogspot.com. And you can buy the collection at uh, at cons, right? Yeah, we, we carry around the, there's three, uh, three collected books of it that we take around to show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a departure from what I do in my comics, but I think that's kind of why it's fun. You know, it's just something real quick, something that I just, Step in there once bag you stay and uh, if you want to see sort of the uh, the behind the scenes of <laughs> what goes on with uh, comic book artist and his wife and our our daffy little cat then you sort of you get it right there yep. um, it's sort of my my uh, my indie comics coming out um, and and it's where and it's where you make a, it's where you make the rest of us feel like we're not nearly attentive enough husbands so thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're not doing enough. Take care of your wife, gentlemen. I, I don't feel that way. <laughs> My wife and I both yeah, come I think, and we're raising a small baby. I am, I am an excellent husband, <sighs> regardless of what cartoons Chris does. <laughs> Sorry, can I get that out there? You're just, you're an both, excellent you're father, I'm sure. You're, you're both making me yeah. feel bad. All right, well, well Chris Somney, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for, number one, uh, making such pretty comics for us and for number two being such a good guest and uh um also uh twitter you can you can you are you are at chris somni correct oh that's it that's the other one i was forgetting yeah at chris somni that's me yep if you want to hear about whatever coffee i'm drinking that day um and i also post whenever whenever i do sketches on my blog as once while i take suggestions and that's usually through twitter um so it's if you're up in the morning sometimes i say you know i need to draw something from a blog today what should i do and, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you can give me suggestions, and I'll post it, you know, later on that day. There you go. So. Great. All right, Josh, thanks for uh, riding shotgun with me. Always a pleasure. What am I saying? It's our show. What's it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I thought Josh was driving. That's, I let I let the subordinates feel like they're driving. It's like a management thing. Yeah, every once in a while, he, let, he lets us borrow the keys and and take the iFanboy car around the block. But we always have to return it and, and with a full tank of gas. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. It was a good time talking to you. All right. Thank you, sir. You have a good night. Yeah, you too. Take care. And a big thanks to Chris Somney. Uh, make sure to check out Thor the Mighty Avenger this week and all the other books that we talked about, like The the Mighty and Capote in Kansas and Area 10. Uh, he's done some work on The Exterminators. Chris has, has worked on a lot of stuff, and it's all fantastic. Remember to check out all the great things that iFanboy.com has to offer. There's great columns and articles from iFanboy staff with community comments and opinions from listeners just like you. Every Sunday, there is the Pick of the Week audio podcast, and there is Wednesday's iFanboy video show. Check out the awesome pull list service at iFanboy.com. It is the best way to make sure that you don't miss all the comics that you want each week. And after you read the week's comics, you can rate and review them along with the rest of the iFanboy staff and community. 
Once again, a big thank you to Chris Somney for spending some time with us. I uh, hope you enjoyed what you heard today. Uh, if you did, run on over to the iTunes Music Store and leave us an iTunes Music Review. It is the best way to spread word about the show. We certainly do appreciate it. I uh, hope everyone has a fantastic rest of your week and weekend. Uh, come on back for the iFanboy uh, Pick of the Week podcast, and I'm sure that we will have more Talk Splodes right around the corner. Thank you.